Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So today, Thomas, we are beginning our Advent readings. I love it. And we're really focusing on this narrative that traces through all of Scripture up until Matthew 1, the genealogy of Christ. And that narrative is the the building and mounting expectation for a Messiah mm-hmm. through whom God will save his people. And as we will we would read a few chapters later in Genesis, the Abrahamic covenant to create a nation through whom all the peoples of the world would be blessed for all of that to be filled in this child. So here we are at the very beginning in Genesis three after the fall. And so God is, he's divvied out some, some consequences and some punishments for the rebellion of Adam and Eve as they've, they've been given an option to love the Lord, to trust the Lord or to turn from him, and they they have turned from him so that they could be like God, and and so there's some heavy um, you know punishment laid out here, but then in the manner of the Lord, that punishment is followed up by a great promise of redemption. So, what are your thoughts on this passage? Well, <clears throat> I mean, one of the 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 main the seminal passages in the bible that leads us to a need for christ i mean ultimately the the world goes well for two chapters and a couple of verses and then it falls apart in the bible yeah um and then the rest of the bible is this uh redemption story looking to the cross and then after the cross the bible looks to the the return mm-hmm. of christ it yeah. looks back to the cross in hopes of the return of christ um and so this one is you. You just pointed out a couple of really neat things. Um, I, I'm doing the the He Reads Truth Bible Study. It's an Advent study that they released, yeah. and um, just this morning it, the readings were in these verses, and it's so interesting that they that they wanted to be like God, and the the way this all starts is uh, Satan twists the words of God. Mm-hmm. And he says, that's how we get to, to this verse 15 in chapter yeah. three. He says, did God really say? And I think it's really important to point out that over and over again through the scriptures, we see uh, we see Satan do that. In our own lives, we see Satan twist. Did God really say? Did God really say? And as we lead into Advent season, you can hear the story of Jesus, mm-hmm. the, the virgin birth, God incarnate, God with us, Emmanuel. Yeah. And even then, it's very, very tempting to hear Satan say, did God really do that? Mm. And so I think that's one of those things where we have to say, hey, this is this trickery has been happening a long time. Yeah. And then they fall and God punishes them because uh, both of their eyes were open in verse seven and they knew right from wrong and uh, and they had sin nature born inside of them. And you're right, in the middle of all this punishment, the Lord promises, but one day, one day, the offspring of Eve will crush the head of the serpent. Now, the serpent will strike 
the heel. Mm-hmm. Serpent's going to get one more bite, but the the offspring of Eve will crush the head of the serpent. And so it's just really cool that you see all the way back in Genesis 3, this beginning promise of redemption and of hope. And that's that's why at the, some of the, the Christmas hymns are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. A weary world rejoices. It's one of the best lines I've ever written. Oh, I mean, you think about how weary we have all been. Yeah. And how weary Adam and Eve must have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the first two kids they have, Genesis 4, verse 1, they have a child, then they have another one, and Cain kills Abel. Mm-hmm. I mean, the weariness of sin. Yeah. And I think we really see the weariness of sin in Genesis 3. Mm-hmm. And still, there's this promise of, but I'm going to fix this. Yeah. I'm going to redeem it. I love that Will Kinds, the the auspicious muse of ODR, who, <laughs> our, our theological advisor who puts together the reading schedule. he I love that he tied in chapter four, verse one. What's the next thing that happens um, in this new era for Adam and Eve? They conceive and bore Cain. You know, the Lord had just told Eve that the that her offspring, mm-hmm. or he, he was addressing the serpent, but he told Eve her offspring would crush the serpent's head and so then they have offspring and and they have a child a man Mm -hmm. and eve rejoices i've gotten a man with the help of the lord yeah so she's clearly thinking like okay yep i have got the one that's going to crush the serpent's head yep we're fixed and then you know they have abel and what happens abel is murdered that's right and, and cain is forced into you know lifelong exile that's right and I think it's re- easy to read over that as sort of a Sunday school story that those of us who grew up in church, you know, have heard a thousand times. It's easy to miss the humanity, like to read the humanity back into that and to think of the crushing of hope that that whole turn of events would have held, mm-hmm. that they were waiting, you know, and they hadn't even been waiting that long yet in the grand scheme of things, but they were waiting for for this offspring to come and make things right. And then it all goes awry and, you know, it takes thousands and thousands of years. And, you know, if you trace the genealogy of Christ, a genealogy that's riddled with murder, with adultery, prostitution and war and pain. And through all of that, God is weaving a much, a much greater offspring and a much greater narrative than Adam and Eve ever would have been able to imagine. You know, and it makes me think of Abraham who was offered this great nation and and he never saw any of this. And, and, you know, this is a a really like personal topic to me because when I was really struggling with my faith and, and, and trusting fully in the words of God, one of the things that really plagued my faith was this, this doubt of, you know, I, there are all these promises that I've been given to hold that are beautiful promises, but I don't just, I just don't see them coming into fruition around me. Like I, I just, yeah. I just feel like I'm, you know, it, it all the waiting, feels the so waiting distant. on God. It, yes. It, and what I begin to see is, oh, where the biblical narrative starts and where it goes and goes and goes is God giving promises to people. And then and then having them hold on to those promises for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, for Abraham, he was offered a child and he had to wait 25 years and then he got a child. 
for Adam and Eve in their earthly days, they never even saw the fruition of this promise. But, you know, I love that we're coming off of Hebrews, you know, a couple of weeks ago because, you know, they lived in faith. That's right. And they were looking forward to a heavenly city. And it just pushes my mind there. Yeah, because those folks that are are named in Hebrews are are named because it's not because they saw the promises. It's because they held on to the promises. Exactly. And that's a beautiful place to be. And, and at the same time, the Lord is so good to us. He gives us these little nuggets along the way of he's still there. Yes. Yeah. And he is going to be faithful to his word. And, you know, even after Jesus is resurrected from the dead and they have had that, that great, incredible triumphant victory of, Mm -hmm. Um, of Jesus defeats death, people started dying before mm-hmm. the return of Christ. And, yeah. you know, Peter is inspired to write, don't worry, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Uh, he mm-hmm. wishes that none would perish. And so even, even then, the Holy Spirit is like moving people like Peter to say, hey, don't, don't give up. Yeah. You have seen great, you have seen God do great things. Yeah. And he's going to continue to do great things. But so much of life is in the wait. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's really one of the few things that we have in common with everyone around us is we're all waiting on something. That's right. Sometimes it's a happy, you know, joyful, expectant waiting. Sometimes yeah. it's a fearful, you know, trepidatious wait. We're all waiting for something. That's right. And, and that is where God calls us to trust him and to lean on him and into his promise. Well, I'm excited as we're digging into this Advent season because the next great Advent will be the return of Christ. Amen. But until then, it's up to us through the power of the Lord to be faithful in this wait. Amen. Absolutely. Well, beautiful word as we begin our, our journey and expecting a Savior in these passages. So for Thomas Nelson, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.